1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year, and this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible, and don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Get trusty women and ye men in Tommy
0: John
2: each day.
1: Remember, it's the perfect gift to give this holiday. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. With over 18 million pairs sold to good boys and girls just like you, Tommy John is rearing in this softness season with a gift to those who made my nice list. You deserve a special gift of Tommy John underwear and loungewear. <laughs> One people will fill out the man, Tommy John's Sammy- me. Oh, oh, oh. This holiday season, make everyone in your family that much more comfortable with the holiday gift of Tommy John underwear and loungewear. For the holidays, get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com victory. 20% off at TommyJohn.com victory. See site for details
0: jumpstart your savings with commonwealth central credit union we'll even help you get started by giving you 200 dollars when you open our high yield gtky savings account whether you want to build emergency savings save for a big purchase or put money aside for a special event we're here to help you reach your financial goals jumpstart your savings with 200 dollars from commonwealth visit wealthcu.org and enter promo code jumpstart federally insured by ncua certain restrictions apply visit website for complete details It's time, it's
1: time, time to get in the zone, time to get in the zone with the 49ers web zone. This This is the no No huddle Huddle podcast with Al Zane and Brian.
3: All right, again, Odyssey Sports 49ers web zone, no huddle podcast. I am Brian and I am thrilled to be joined by personally my favorite beat writer, uh, formerly of the Sacramento Bee, my local newspaper and now of The Athletic, Matt Barrows. Matt, thanks again so much for your time. How are things going for you this evening?
2: Uh, Very well, and uh, thank you for that nice intro, and and thank you for having me on.
3: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we've got a big game coming up. Uh, I know I'm excited. I'm going to be at the game, uh, which uh, hopefully it's not raining too much, or not at all, would be ideal for me, Uh, although that might slow down this Dolphins offense a little bit. Um, but when it comes to this game, you know, even though there aren't a ton of playoff implications, it's a non-conference opponent, um, you know, both teams are, are riding winning streaks and both teams are coming in relatively healthy. Although on, on offense, the 49ers are missing Elijah Mitchell, and it seems like the Dolphins might be missing Taryn Armstead and possibly Austin Jackson. Uh, but let's look at the 49er side with Elijah Mitchell. He makes such a large impact, even though he's only been, you know, on the field for the first game for a little bit. And then, you know, two games since coming back. Um, how big of a loss do you think it is for the offense with, with Mitchell going down and, and how do you see them filling the void?
2: Uh, it's a big loss. Uh, you know, they, they just love the way that that Mitchell runs the ball. And I don't know whether this is part and parcel to his injury history, but he runs uh, with authority. He runs hard. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, he's been getting – I think McCaffrey was averaging something like 86% of the offensive snaps when he was with the Panthers. Uh, since he's been in San Francisco, he's been getting maybe 65%. Uh, and that's because they're they're perfectly, uh, you know, willing to uh, give give the ball to, to Mitchell for certain drives uh, during a game. So it's it's great for everybody. And it's especially great for Christian McCaffrey, I think, because yeah. it's just not overused like uh, maybe he was in, in Carolina. And I think that that really bodes well for, um, you know, the rest of the season and future seasons should McCaffrey uh, continue to play for the 49ers um the the second part of your question is i don't know but i i think it's really interesting um in games where uh jordan mason and ty davis price have have both been active it's been davis price who's actually gotten the uh the bulk of the carries bulk of the offensive snaps i think they like him as a uh as a tailback more than they like jordan mason now uh who do they like more as a you know, uh, a guy on the, uh, on the active roster in, in a game in which you do have McCaffrey and you do have Debo and you do have Elijah Mitchell, obviously it's, it's Mason because he's the, uh, the better special teamers and, and, and good on him for kind of ca- carving that niche for himself, um, and, and giving himself the chance to, you know, be in a game like the Saints game on Sunday. But I mean, I, I think if it were all even, they would go with Ty Davis price. Now, having said that, they were really impressed with Mason on Sunday. Um, It really boils down to um, how comfortable they are with these guys during the week, Um, how sharp the guys are on their game plan, um, this, that, and the others. But if I if I had to bet, I would put my money on Ty Davis Price just because he's gotten the carries in the past, whereas Mason hasn't. They they really like him as a runner. I, I get a lot of. Uh, is Ty Davis Price the, the second coming of of Trey Sermon questions? And and my yeah. answer is always no. No, I think they really like uh, the way this guy runs. It would have helped him had he become a special teams ace
3: mm-hmm. in the
2: all season. He didn't. Uh, and so uh, Mason has sort of filled that niche. But um, that's how I see it going. But my, my level of confidence is not all that high. And then <laughs> you've got the Tevin Coleman factor in there as well. Um, that could be a curveball that that comes uh, on Saturday when he's elevated and, and maybe get some carries on Sunday as well. That
3: was actually going to be my follow-up. Has there been any kind of in, indication that possibly Coleman could be up for that game, which would then make either Ty Davis Price or Jordan Mason probably not up, right? And that would, again, likely be Ty Davis Price because of Mason's special teams ability. Um, and then on top of that, is – it's been my understanding from just the things that i've read that a lot of jordan mason not getting many carries on the uh, within the offense has more to do with some i guess protection issues uh not trusting him in pass protection um is that is that the case is that why he hasn't got a lot of run with with the with the offense and and have those have those uh issues gotten better as as the season has progressed
2: yeah, I, I think they have. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, to me, the, the main reason is that it's just a crowded spot for most of the right. season. I mean, especially when you have Debo back there. And he's getting, I don't know, eight eight to ten snaps a game where he's lining up in the backfield. So, um, you know, in games where you've got Elijah Mitchell, McCaffrey, Debo, that 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 fourth tailback isn't, isn't going to get any snaps. He's just not going to get into the game. Uh, but um, protection is always an issue. Um, you know, Elijah Mitchell was one of the, the few exceptions to that rule when it comes to a rookie. Um, mm. You know, the, the quarterback is so valuable. The protection is so critical that the, the Bobby Turners and the Anthony Lynn's very, very old school coaches aren't yeah. going to let these guys into the game until they, they prove that. So, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely been an issue. I think what are we going into week 13 here? Um, mm. It's certainly better than it was at the beginning of the season. Um, And then the Coleman factor. I mean, if I'm the 49ers, um, first of all, I I really feel like Tevin Coleman was one of the big reasons the team felt okay in trading Jeff Wilson to the Dolphins because they said, okay, uh, worst comes to worst, we're just going to, we got Tevin Coleman. We really like Tevin Coleman and we like him a lot more than than other teams do. Um, You know, Mitchell's going to go on IR. I would imagine, even that though, with the, restriction on the number of numbers of guys that you can bring up that that even that's not a given I'm going to ask uh, Shanahan that on Friday um and we'll see what he says sometimes he he tries not to reveal these things but my my thought is that if you put Mitchell on IR why not bring Coleman up to the active roster It Mm. just makes him what I call poach proof I mean there's no way that another team steals him away and Tevin Coleman can end up being a, a huge huge um, asset component uh, in December, if there are more injuries and, you know, we, we've seen it happen. They, they, they come in spurts. Um, they, they, they came in cornerback at spurts last year. They came in running back last year at spurts. The 49ers are trying to guard against that. And I think that having Coleman on the active roster, even if he's inactive uh, for games, uh, that's just uh, a wise move moving forward.
3: Now you mentioned uh, Elijah Mitchell going on IR the 49ers have two spots left, right two activations from the IR That's right. which means that if they put Mitchell on IR then and and there there has been you know a little bit of of conversation surrounding Trey Lance and whether he could be back before the season ends or into the playoffs but if if they only have two two activations left, if Mitchell goes on IR, that means that one of Mitchell Lance, and Kinlaw are effectively done for the season. I want to, I don't want to switch gears too much, but the Kinlaw part kind of goes into one of the questions that uh, Alan and uh, actually David had. Um, What is your feeling on Kinlaw, his status and whether you think he'll be back this season as a contributor at all?
2: I mean, they haven't opened his practice window even to this point. uh, the, the the bottom line is I don't I don't know the answer. Um, when when whenever we've talked to Kinlaw at his locker uh, in recent weeks, he seemed in a good place and uh, moving around well. He doesn't seem to have had a setback, but now would be the time. I mean, all these uh, these series of home games. You you have the one game on turf, artificial turf in mm-hmm. Seattle coming up. Um, I just wonder whether they're gonna, you know, uh, get past that one and then do it. And then it's all grass it's all grass from right. that point forward. Even even Las Vegas plays on uh, on grass. So I think that, that they would feel better with that. But um, you know, as far as as far as the IR question, um, I would imagine that they wanna keep one of those activations open. Um you know, heading into the playoffs. I mean, like I said, I mean, what what would happen if Charverius Ward, um, you know, sprained his MCL and is out three weeks going into week 18, he doesn't play week 18, but you still want him back for, you know, the championship game or something like that. So uh, it's, it's, it's a chess match and they've got to kind of think this through. Another great question to ask Shanahan on Friday is just how, how uh, carefully are you considering those very few remaining moves? And uh, you're you're absolutely right. You, you need to kind of hoard uh, them at this point. So, I mean, if if they felt like Tevin Coleman isn't going to get snatched away, or they've got a, you know, they've got an agreement with him mm-hmm. not to do that, then maybe um, they treat Mitchell like they did Eric Armstead. Know know that this guy is going to be out two months um, or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, six to eight weeks, um, and just kind of uh, keep him on the active roster despite that.
3: Now, you said uh, have a deal with Coleman, the poaching rules from the, the practice squad, right? And so Tevin Coleman's on the practice squad. Another team could sign Tevin Coleman off the practice squad. Does that, if, if a team tries to poach a player, does that player have to agree before they go, or do they just get poached and 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 that's it?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, usually there's an agreement. Um, you know, uh, n- nobody wants to sign a player that that doesn't want to be there. Sure. Um, so usually there's there's discussion with the player's agent, this, that, and the other. But I, I don't think that that's necessary. I mean, um, I mean, it would be a really kind of Machiavellian thing to do for say with some team that could play the 49ers in the playoffs for the Cowboys to kind of snatch him away so that he's not available. I'm sure the Cowboys are are dealing with their own roster issues and may not have room, this, that, and the other. Most of these teams don't, I I don't really ever hear about things like that poison pills and, 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 uh, and such. Um, It's probably frowned upon, but um, yeah, I, I don't think that there needs to be consent for that to happen. Okay. Um, so, um, it, it's something to, it's something to definitely consider. Uh, like I said, I would do it just to, to have that reassurance that, uh, we're going to have this guy for the playoffs.
3: Right. Let's, uh, uh, keep with, with the offense. Um, Al Sacco, one of our, one of our hosts on this, on the no huddle podcast, uh, tweeted this out earlier today. Uh, and just taking a look at Debo Samuel's, numbers through you know through week 12 of the 2022 season versus his 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 per game averages from 2021 and while his targets and receptions are relatively similar his yardage is way down in terms of of receptions and and even his yardage in the in the run game this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy
0: celebrity interviews or news Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
3: It it felt like Debo Samuel ran a lot of deeper routes, especially early on in the season in, in 2021 versus what he's running now. Do you notice anything different about Shanahan's usage of Debo in this offense? Do you feel like it's part of a plan? Is he, you know, I know he has a bit of a reputation as like, almost like a long range planner where it's like, all right, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to run this play in the first quarter to see how the defense responds. And then I'm going to run something very similar in the, in, you know, in the second half, but, you know, use what their response against them, especially as a play caller. But it also feels like he kind of saves plays sometimes for later in the season. Do you feel like maybe he's trying to save Debo a little bit, or does it just feel like it's just a, it's just, too many playmakers, basically.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, the, there's, there's, you know, last year it was Debo and no one else. Right. I mean, Brandon, Brandon Ayuk uh, didn't start becoming Brandon Ayuk until late in the season. Uh, We've already talked about the running back issue. You know, it was uh, George Kittle was in and out of the lineup as well. So they really had to lean on him and they, they lean on him harder than I think that they they ever wanted to I mean remember those three playoff games Debo came yeah. out of each of those games at some point just because he was just so so battered so yeah. there's that I think the offensive line is um you know they're, they're not blocking those outside runs uh, as well as they want to and I think that's just a a factor of having inexperienced guys on that line uh and I think that's going to get better over time and then the other part is that Debo's not in as good shape as he was a year ago i mean he's been you know he's dealt with one small injury but th- those add up i mean yeah, you just don't get the conditioning um, that uh, you you get when you're when you're healthy uh, all season long and and debo's a guy you know as soon as he stops running man he can put up he can pack on the pounds so i don't know what he is right now but i think it's really uh, interesting that Wes welker is coming back this week with the, uh, mm. with the dolphins, because Welker was the Debo weight guy. He was the guy that was on Debo constantly, um, to, to, to lose weight. And, uh, I think 220 was the max, mm. uh, that, uh, Welker wanted him. I don't know what Debo weighs right now, but
3: isn't that your wheelhouse though, Matt? Aren't you the, <laughs> aren't, aren't you the yeah. one that can, that, that can guess within, within five pounds?
2: I can't. I am. I, I do. I do take a lot of pride, but I'm very I'm I'm afraid of Debo. Uh, sure. So I'm, I would I'm be as well. Gonna, I'm not because he's Debo. His nickname right. isn't isn't it, Butter. Exactly. Well, it's Debo. No. Um, so I'm not going to put a number out there because I'm I'm afraid of Debo. But I I'm I will say that I would be surprised if it's under 220. I'll just put it that way.
3: Fair enough. Um, speaking of again the offense, uh Jimmy's fourth in the NFL right now with a 1.3 uh interception percentage, right? It's it's uh Brady and then uh Tua and I can't remember who's third, and then Jimmy's fourth, which one point three is is about a percentage point lower than his than his career average. There's been a little bit of discussion, I don't think in the media so much as on 49ers Twitter which, you know, has its its reputation, but one question that I have is is there <clears throat> can we attribute some of the growth in Jimmy Garoppolo's game this season, specifically the interception percentage and just it seems like he has a bit of a better grasp mentally on the offense? Can we attribute that to Brian Greasy, a, uh, a a quarterback coach who played the position at the highest level in the NFL, but also played the position within the Shanahan offense? Do we think that that has, has allowed him to translate some of this a little bit better to Jimmy G than, than perhaps Rich Gangarello, who just lost his job as offensive coordinator at the University of Kentucky?
2: Well, I know that uh, Garoppolo really likes Scangarello. So I, I don't okay. think that Garoppolo would ever um, admit to that or, or 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 cite that. But, I mean, uh, you know, I, I do think having Greasy there has been uh, an asset. And that was a big question about how they would get along. And, um, uh, you know, Greasy famously said he'd never even talk to Garoppolo it's right. just late late in the off season. When uh, everybody still thought that he was going to be traded, so um, yeah, I, I think that's a factor. I, I really think that Christian McCaffrey is probably a bigger factor. Factor, um, just because yeah. uh, he's such a good outlet for Garoppolo and um, understands. Garoppolo said that he understands, um, you know, route running like a like a, a quarterback does, and um, that that's Garoppolo's forte. I mean, he's mm-hmm. very good on the short throws uh getting it out quickly so you know um McCaffrey is not just a good receiver he's almost like a pass protector in that if Garoppolo feels nervous instead of um firing the ball you know to that that lurking linebacker which has always been his blind spot he now looks for McCaffrey um you know as as an outlet and and McCaffrey's on the sides there so uh, I I think that probably more than anything else accounts for it. But it's it, I, to me, it's a big deal. I mean, the names that you mentioned, uh, the, the company he keeps now, just a couple of years ago, the company he kept was Baker Mayfield and Jameis Winston and yeah. Sam Donald, guys that threw a lot of picks. And he was right up there uh, with his interception percentage with, with those. Uh, so it's been quite a, a, a dramatic turnaround for him. And I think that's that's the the major stat you look at when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's season this year.
3: Yeah. It feels like he's forcing less throws, especially into the middle of the field uh, because he has, he knows that he has that outlet. And, you know, I, I know that Kyle Shanahan offenses, you know, there, there've always been those outlets. It's just now he has a superstar in that position as opposed to, you know, again, no shade, but a Tevin Coleman or, or even an Elijah Mitchell who isn't, who who catches balls but isn't isn't known as a receiver out of the backfield, and so yeah, it feels like it feels like some of some of the bad decisions he's making, he's not making them because he can just toss it out to you know an all pro and Christian McCaffrey, which obviously is nice to have. Uh, let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball, which you know this this defense has been incredible these past four games uh really all season uh, outside of that kansas city game which is why this game feels like a a, a really big uh I, I guess measuring stick if you will for this defense they want to prove that 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 chiefs game was uh an outlier as opposed to you know when we come up against a good offense we're gonna get you know we're gonna get thrown on or run on or whatever um What, what do you, D'Amico Ryans is likely gone after this season, right? It feels like that's pretty inevitable. Now, obviously things can change and it kind of felt that way last year. And I know he, he interviewed with Minnesota and then said, you know what, I'm going to remove it. I'm going to, I'm going to stay at at least another year. What do you feel like are the, are the attributes that D'Amico Ryans has that is going to make him uh, a, a good head coach in the NFL, or at the very least a head coach in the NFL, probably next season?
2: I mean, um, to to a person, anyone who has ever worked with Ryan's just uh, absolutely adores the guy. Um, he's sharp. Um, he's self-effacing. Um, you know, you know these guys all have huge egos, and and I'm sure Ryan's does too. And he's got tremendous pride in what he does, but it it, it doesn't rub you the wrong way. He's a guy that you want to play with, which is what. The case when he was a player and you want to play four so i mean it's just uh um you know the, the combination of knowing what he's doing and um the type of guy he is i think that's going to be very appealing to an nfl owner um you know the, my, my question is he's a defensive coach and uh, usually when you're a bad team you're you're starting over and you don't have a good quarterback and you're, you're you, you want to bring in um, along with a new quarterback, usually a college quarterback, you want to bring in an offensive mind to sort of take that guy along. So that's, that to me is the, uh, the way that the 49ers retain the Nico Ryans is that all these teams, the Texans, uh, the, the Panthers, uh, whoever else is looking for, uh, a head coach in the offseason, uh, wants to go offensive, um, to me, the, the the Texans are the most interesting one because he's got such a, a history there. But yeah. they've got a defensive-minded coach, head coach right now. So right. usually the team wants to do the opposite of, uh, of what they just had. So uh, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how many teams go in a new direction. Um, it's usually, what, five or six? So if it's five or six, I, I like his chances
3: if, if he does leave, if he does get a head coaching job somewhere else, um, what, what do you think the 49ers plan is, uh, to replace him? Do you feel like they've got some internal candidates that they might be looking at or that they might like, just like when Sala left, it was to elevate Ryan's, uh, obviously Vic Fangio's name kind of hangs out there a little bit. Um, do you feel like it would be an outside hire? Would it be an inside hire? Is Vic Fangio a, a, you know, a viable candidate? What What is your take on it?
2: I've seen Vic Fangio show up at practice at random three times this year. So um, he's obviously got a good relationship with with Kyle Shanahan. Um, and I, I think Shanahan saw uh, Sean McVay team up with Wade Phillips for a few years and and really like that. The 49ers run into a Vic Fangio defense every other week, it seems like. Um, sort of copying that that Fangio style of defense, um, and it's it's all the rage right now. And so um, I, I just can only imagine that Shanahan would want to add the real McCoy uh, if he no. could. The, the the big question there to me is is Nick Bosa, right? Um, who you know made no bones about. Remember back in nineteen, it was either he goes to the Cardinals at at one, or he goes to the 49ers at two. Cardinals mm-hmm. at the time were running a three-four, and Bosa, like I said, made no bones about preferring to play in a four-three. Yeah,
3: he wants um, to put his hand in the dirt,
2: hand in the ground, defensive end versus a stand-up linebacker, which is what his brother does now in in I was going to say San Diego in uh, <laughs> in Los Angeles for the yeah. Chargers, and I don't think uh, Joey Bosa is as happy in that role as Bosa as Nick Bosa is. Uh, with that you know three-point stance in uh, in San Francisco so that would something that would have to be something that um, would have to be discussed um, and then Kasurik is the other thing I mean I think um, you know the 49ers will say listen we really want to keep Chris Kasurik. and Kasurik plays right. a specific type of yep. defensive line so if angio can't um, acquiesce to that I, I'm not sure it, uh, it works. Bangio um, could just take Nick Bosa aside and say, Hey, look in, um, in 2012, Alden Smith played outside linebacker and I forget what his total was. You probably remember 18 and a half seconds. Yeah, I, think I was
3: 19. I had 19 in my head, but
2: yeah, but yeah it was yeah, a, something a, around a there. gigantic yeah. number. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, noting that, you know, um, you can get a lot of uh, of stacks, get a lot of freedom. He might even actually, um, you know, be able to convince him you're going to see fewer double teams, this, that, and the other if you yeah. uh, if you do what I want want you to do. So um, it's a it's a very interesting question moving forward. Should Ryan's get that job? As far as internal candidates, the only one that sticks out to me is Corey Unland, the um, the secondary coach. Uh, And I think he's done a good job. I think they like him. He did it for one season in Detroit. Detroit wasn't very good. uh, And that's why Unlin is here now. But um, he'd be the only one that um, I I think is uh, D.C. material.
3: He was on that Matt Patricia staff, right? That's that's where he was?
2: Uh, I think so. I forget when – yeah, right. Patricia got there. He had been in Detroit for a few years, so he was – Familiar with the uh, the personnel.
3: Uh, before we get you out of here, Matt, we are uh, starting to look at the playoffs, right? And and the Forty Nine ers are currently positioned as the number three seed in the NFC, uh, behind the Eagles, behind the Vikings, and then Tampa Bay, uh, and or whoever decides to win the uh, uh, NFC South with a maybe a losing record uh, as the four seed. Uh, outside of the Eagles, who are obviously hot right now, you, they've got one loss. Um, is there any team that you feel is is the biggest threat to this 49ers team if they were to meet in the postseason?
2: Um, no, I think, I mean, I, I, and I even think that the 49ers are more talented than, than the Eagles. I mean, I think that's a really uh, great game. Um, you know, the Seahawks have mystique about them. Um, and we'll see if that uh, holds true on on December 15. But uh, the 49ers had a relatively easy game against them in in week two, despite losing yeah. their starting quarterback. Um, so um, yeah, I mean uh, they they beat the Cowboys in Dallas last year. Um, you know the Vikings seem vulnerable. Um, you know you you never want to play Tom Brady. I don't think in a big game. So that that would be an issue. But um, you know, uh, the, the 49ers are just loaded. They're, they're going to be more talented than any team in the NFC. And, um, you know, back to your original questions, I mean, that's what makes this Dolphins game so interesting uh, because it would be a big confidence boost that, okay, we can hang with these top offenses, which are really all in the AFC right now. So it's um, probably the 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 three best teams I think are the, um, the Eagles, the Chiefs, and, and the Bills. So, you know, beating Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert and Mike McDaniel uh, would be a, a a nice feather in their cap. And a, like I said, a nice confidence boost that, hey, we could take on a, a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or, or whoever uh, comes our way in the playoffs.
3: One last question, uh, and this is Jimmy Garoppolo related. Uh, just because we got to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. <clears throat> what you were you were one of the ones that reported that it, it already felt like Jimmy Garoppolo was no longer a part of this team in the off season, right? They hadn't invited him to OTAs. I mean he just his 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 presence wasn't anywhere. then this this felt like surprise restructure to come back. And then Trey goes down in week two, Jimmy Garoppolo steps in. If Jimmy Garoppolo leads this team to a Super Bowl victory, does Jimmy Garoppolo return as the quarterback for the 49ers and, or is there any scenario where maybe they look to tag him for and for a year or tag and trade, which I know doesn't really work that much in the NFL, but I mean, there are opportunities for that. What, what, What is your feeling on on what this organization would do if Jimmy Garoppolo leads this team to a Super Bowl victory?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I think the only scenario where he comes back is if he leads this team to a Super Bowl victory. Because if he doesn't, then you know, we're back to 2019. It's like, you know, he's good, yeah. but he can't win the big game against a Patrick Mahomes or – um, a Josh Allen. So, I mean, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo could set the world on fire between now and February 12. And if, if he's flat on February 12, or even if, if they lose the game, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you mentioned the 49ers Twitter, um, they'll, they turn <laughs> on him. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, so, uh, I feel like that's the only scenario where he comes back and I don't think that they can franchise him. I think that, that, that's written into the contract that uh, okay. that's that's not an option. Uh, so um you know it, let, let's say that they don't win the Super Bowl. I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. I do think that they are going to want a uh, a veteran quarterback. Um you know Tom Brady's name is going to be bandied about a lot. Uh Aaron Rodgers' name is going to be bandied about a lot. So I think that that's that's the logical um you know next step Short of a Super Bowl victory for San Francisco,
3: oh, it's been a it's been an awesome season, and it feels like it feels like this team is on its way towards towards at least a Super Bowl berth. Matt Barrows, I appreciate your time so much. Uh, tell everybody where they can read uh, read your stuff, and uh, and and uh, go ahead and plug your your podcast as well.
2: Yeah, well, uh, you can read my stuff at The Athletic. We have a pod at The Athletic that I do with David Lombardi and, and Dennis Brown, the X 49 er defensive tackle. Um, and then all of our stuff we put up on Twitter. So uh, the easy way to, to find the links is at Matt Barrows on Twitter. And uh, we have a new story up every day.
3: Awesome. Again, thank you so much, Matt. This is Brian for the Odyssey Sports 49ers Web Zone. No huddle podcast. Thanks for listening.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.